everybody, and welcome back to Girls Like Us. This is the podcast that asks the question, what does a literature degree get you? And we say that it gets you a podcast about books for children that um, you record early in the morning. Um, Franny, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing great, Sophie. I'm, I'm kind of in my fitness girl era. Um, I'm running a 5K Sunday, so I'm excited about that, especially awesome. because... Yeah, it, it'll be good. And, you know, I don't remember if you recall, but on Pretty Little Liars Original Sin, there is a plot line where someone was dosing with an inhaler. Uh, that one oh, girl yes. like, was like illegally dosing. Well, yeah. I'm here to say that that does work because I got um, prescribed a new inhaler by my allergist. And yeah. my mile tr- time dropped by literally a minute, which is That's like, crazy. so crazy. That's yeah. so crazy. It's yeah, wild so that- how, like... When you do, like, when you do the things that, like, medically are, like, said to work, and they yeah. actually work, and you're like, why would I ever right, do anything else? Exactly. Because it, it is, like, one of those things where it's like, well, I, you know, have always had allergies, obviously, and then, boring backstory, but I'm doing this peanut treatment right now, and so they want to hyper-control any sort of, right. um, for my peanut allergies, they want to hyper-control any allergies or whatever, and so I was starting to get, like, Sometimes, like, if I, like, walked too fast after, like, wheezing, basically. But yeah. that was my only reaction. So they're like, okay, like, let's try to calm down this even more. Right. And, yeah, like, I've never had to use an inhaler before. I never thought of myself as someone who had trouble breathing or anything. But it's, like, on these runs, like, it is literally, like, I went, and this is embarrassingly slow, too, but I went from a 12-minute mile to, like, a sub-11-minute mile. There like, is just, nothing yeah. embarrassing about a 12 minute mile. There is <laughs> I mean, nothing. Yeah, I used to be like a 15 minute mile. Yeah, I was going to say if I tried to run, I um I haven't run and I've kind of given up on running. I'm now a walking, biking and and yoga mm-hmm. exclusive type thing. I do need to the other day I went to like I do need to get back. I was lifting weights for a while. I need to get back into that. The Peloton weightlifting classes are good, but it's just the kind of thing where I really and this is sounds so annoying. But I really just do not have the time to like commit in the way that well, I would running, want to. Running, you have to like leave your house to do it, and it's like yes. there's a. I also feel like running kind of has a higher barrier level for me in terms of time, just because warming up and cooling down takes a long yeah. time, like stretching. Whereas, like, I don't really. I mean, I probably should like if I'm on a peloton or something, but there's more body movement involved that you have to stretch. Yeah, my my thing is that like I'm like looking for. I'm looking for peace in my life. And what brings me peace is either like I've been doing long bike rides. I love a long bike ride or rollerblading because we have a, we have like a, we're right on the bike trail at our house. Mm -hmm. Um, So I rollerblade a lot down there. I bike a lot down there. And like, for some reason it just does not feel as punishing as running. Now, do you get scared about getting hit by a bike when you're rollerblading? Because I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, it's a mix of should you be in the walk lane or the bike lane? So, well... I mean, walk lane probably, right? This is Columbus, Ohio. There's no walk lane versus bike lane. <laughs> people, people, entire families walk four across, across the bike, <laughs> across the bike path. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, that's why I try to go at off hours. And I, I have the advantage of doing that because I am, you know, a student. So I can go, you know, usually my work day doesn't start until 10 a.m. So I can go hit the trail at like 8.30. Um, 
so that I can, um, you know, avoid crowds. But if mm-hmm. I do go like on, you know, the weekday or the weekend afternoons where there are a lot of people, I try not to rollerblade because fun fact, I have been hit by a bike on my rollerblades before. And you've been hit by a bike. And I've been hit been by a hit car. On a bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been hit by a car on a bike before. Um, both yeah, of those I don't want to get hit by a person and then you'll yeah. complete, you'll complete the cycle. Exactly. So my, um, my, uh, when I was actually on this same trail that I go to regularly, I was hit by a bike on my rollerblades by my own sister <gasps> as a child. Oh my gosh. Um, and it was one of those things. This is like a classic story of your mom's out of town and your dad takes like, things way too far. I don't know what to do with you. Yes. Yeah. And my dad, like, to be clear, because I know he's listening. Um, to be clear, my dad was, you know, as the years went on, my dad became, like, when I was in middle school, my dad was our primary home parent. Like, right. the my dad was... By the time, you know, I was like 10, my dad was the primary, I would say, like, day-to-day childcare person. And I don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, because I know my parents are probably listening, but, like, I don't want to offend my mother. My mom did a lot of things, but my mom, just empirical fact, when I was a kid, worked more. And then also, <laughs> she got her master's degree when I was in middle school. Yeah. So, during that time, my dad became the primary domestic parent. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Right when that time was beginning and we were all getting used to my mom being out of the house a lot and, you know, on weekends having to do things to focus on herself rather than in, like, her own, you know, like, endeavors rather than, you know, like, giving herself body and soul to taking care of us. Um, you know, my dad would always do these fun things with us and, like, take us, you know, out to do, like, nature things. And so, mm-hmm. like, he took us to this trail just so, like, my sister could bike and I could ride my rollerblades and my sister like I was standing at the bottom of a hill was your brother just not allowed did he have to stay in the car I just the funny thing about my childhood is that it was really like such a fully adieu between me and my sister and then it was like us like and then it was either a fully adieu between me and my sister or between her and my brother like it Mm -hmm. was always there was always an odd man out and it was never Lillian it was always either me or Aiden. So like in the times, like, like I think my brother was probably at hockey practice or something okay, during this yeah. situation. Cause I don't remember him being there. So I like rollerbladed down this little hill and my sister who is really young, um, like comes barreling down the hill on her bike and hits me square in the back. And like, you know, like I was a child and I got the wind knocked out of me. So yeah. I was like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Damn, that's a scary. I haven't gotten the wind knocked out of me in like, that's like a, a I think scary experience. That's I think it's something that only happens to children. Because their bodies are are smaller. tiny. Exactly. Yeah. Like I think about like the idea of getting the wind knocked out of that's me as an so adult. Terrifying. And I'm like, that doesn't. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So then I was like, and I had these anxiety attacks as a kid then where I would not be able to take a full breath. And like, this Mm -hmm. was, you know, something that, but it's, you know, in your head, especially as a child, you're like, why can't I breathe? Why can't I breathe? Why can't I breathe? So wind knocked out me, then anxiety. So my dad literally took me to like the hospital. Right. And it was this whole thing. And I remember him like calling my mom, who was either out of town or like at the library studying or something. And being like, um, and her being like, is everything okay? And my dad saying into the phone, no, everything is not okay. Oh, <laughs> like, that's God. one of my, like, my clear memories of, like, my dad, 
learning how to deal with like the ups and downs of like, you know, having a dramatic 10 year old on rollerblades. Of being a girl dad. Yes, exactly. Hashtag girl dad. Hashtag girl dad. Again, your brother's left out. (laughs) Again, again, Aiden is, Aiden is left out somewhere. Um, You know, it's very, it's very like classic middle child where like, you know, I'll have memories and I'll be like, was Aiden there? Was because, he like, there? Everything... He's at the rink. And, yeah, He's exactly. The rink. Aiden was, like, off doing skating drills. Like, Aiden would go, there was this, um, they had a skating treadmill with, like, fake ice to, like, make you a faster skater that, like... At your house? No, 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 at the skating rink. Oh, at the skating rink. That Aiden would have to go train on as a child. Like, he was off doing different things. That's insane. Meanwhile, my sister and I, but, like, no. I mean, to be, like, I'm being facetious. Like, you know, we, like, all the, like, when we were, like, in our, like, YouTube video making era, like, that was me and Aiden and Lily was, you know, Lily was second to that. And that's interesting, too, because you guys were kind of in that era before, like, you know, little kids today are like, I want to be an influencer. Yeah. Like, that's my job. Um, you guys were kind of, you know, a prototype to that. You were you were trying to get that that buck. Yeah. Well, no, we weren't trying to get the buck. We were like my school taught us how to use iMovie, like my elementary dangerous, school. Dangerous and thing to teach so, a child. We were, it was like an activity. Like we never wanted people to like see them. It just like, they would get uploaded on YouTube so my parents could send it to our grandparents. Yeah. Um, and we would do like, I told you about this. We would do parodies of movies. Yeah. So we did one that was Black Swan that was called The Red Cardinal. And I dressed my little sister up as like a red ballerina. And like, it was like, she was like, there was like a black Cardinal that was also played by her and they like fought. And That's we really used funny. like one of her little friends as like a body double. We did social network that was Damn, like you guys were doing some like high tier R rated movies. I'm assuming well, this is all from just like trailers. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It was because my parents, my dad would um like this was back when iTunes had the whole section that was like um you could just like autoplay trailers yeah and my dad would like just like have them playing on like you know how like parents play shit on the ipad for kids now yeah my dad would play like the trailers for exactly like to like be like oh you guys want to watch something let's just like autoplay a bunch of movie trailers so like we would see yeah isn't that funny like thinking about like i don't know like trailers that like you thought i i know i've talked about like the red box scary red box experiences but like movies that you maybe thought were so scandalous i don't know like i re- i specifically remember being very scandalized by uh the poster in the name of the other bolin girl which i don't yes. think is a movie that got a lot of like in it's not even like that sexy right well, like the trailer was very sexy yeah because i remember it too like i remember like seeing that trailer and being like mom what the fuck is this about tell me yeah. everything at the kenwood theater remember when they used to have the movie theater at kenwood before it was h&m is it not a movie theater anymore? Not in the mall. Oh, not in the mall, but it's all. But oh, it's, yeah, they also closed the the Kenwood one, unfortunately. No, that's I know horrible. I love that one. Yeah, that was a great movie theater. It was. Um, yeah, that's. Um, I don't think I ever lived there when the H and M was a movie theater. All oh, of yeah. my memories are that being an H and M. Yeah, integral memories, and now it's not an H and M anymore. Yeah, it's like a weird like pennies for 
clothes store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like very, it's like even worse. I did go to the mall yesterday after I took an exam. It's like my classic, like if I have to, because I took an exam from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. yesterday. Right. And then it's my classic, like, I just like need to like get my mind off of things. And I literally was full, full gross girl mode because I wore my pajamas to go take the exam, having like not showered for two days and only yeah. studied. Um, and I went to like walk around the mall literally in my slippers, in my pajamas. And like, it was the kind of thing where like I was, I was carrying like my big bag too. And like every store I walked into, like the employees like immediately were like, hey, <laughs> like what's going on? You were in like a, a project makeover ad, like when you've seen those where it was like, exactly. you had, like mud, mud yes. on you and stink lines coming yeah. off. Yeah, no, literally. And like this, the one of the employees, like the beautiful, the beautiful gay man managing the Madewell came up to me and was like, hey, is that a Bottega Veneta bag? And I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, leave me alone. Um, it was just very funny, like a classic mall trip where like you don't buy anything and you just like walk around and kind of like run your hands over things and, um, and think about them. Exactly. And think about what it would be like to, to buy something. Um, yeah. very gross. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think the, uh, the slippers, oh, I mean, I, I'm not one to judge cause I will take cookie on walks in my slippers, which I know is so gross. Because yeah. like the it's outside. I'm I'm creating that. I'm making that shoe be an outside shoe. But sometimes you're. I'm just too lazy to put on shoes. Here's the thing though: is my slippers. I have these nice rubber bottom slippers oh, that okay. my parents so like got shoes. me for Christmas. Yeah. So they are shoes. But I do like when I transfer them between indoor and outdoor. I will like wash the bottoms of them. That's smart. Um, that's smart. Does this mall have a a food court? Is there anything you'll frequent in there? There, so this mall is an outdoor like Galleria mall. Oh, nice. So there's yeah. actually some good restaurants there. Um, like there's actually a plate like kinds of places where you can like sit down and get like a big salad and a glass of wine, which I didn't do yesterday. I was just like walking around being that sweaty. Been too much, I feel like my hair literally ha- was in braids that had been there for like four days and was like matted against my head. It was like so disgusting. You're like pulling, and I know that I know that I always talk about this, but we are um not this specifically, but we're watching like Secrets of Playboy, which was like this miniseries that was on A&E, um, which I, I mean, I kind of thought I knew everything, but there were some, there was some wild shit in the first couple of episodes, but it's like watching, number one, seeing how ugly Hugh Hefner is yeah. and has always been just this swarmy guy. But then like, and this is what it sounds like you were doing too, looking at him when he's in his era, when he's in his pajamas era, yeah. when he's in his pajamas all the time. All I can think about is how clammy and stinky yes. that skin is from yeah. being in fucking pajamas all yeah. day long. And yeah. I look at this man, and I'm like, I know you stink. I know yeah. you stink. The underside, like, I get this very, I've had this, I've actually been thinking about this lately. And, and this is so gross, but I'll share it on the podcast in the, in the means of full transparency. Is like, I will wear, like, the same bralette for, like, three days in a row without taking it off. Yeah. And I will pull it off. And, and only, once again, only in my exam era where, like, literally right. I'm only living to study. And I will take the bralette off and, like, the the underside of it that's, like, sort of holding the boobs up and, like, catching some mm-hmm. of the sweat literally will smell like 
spoiled milk. <laughs> like, oh my god, so disgusting. <laughs> You're gonna like wring it out and like make like a, a cheese curd with it. You're exactly. Like there's like, definitely like growing. yeast. Yeah. Like I can like I could like fucking make a sourdough starter with that shit. It is so Dude, gross. I- I tried to start a sourdough starter this year and I gave up because that shit is sticky and messy. Yeah, and it is. It's not worth it. I don't yeah. bake bread enough. It's just not. It's like Nick was really into the sourdough starter. I will say before it became a trend. Um, yeah. But it's an everyday thing. You got to be like, you got to be on it's it. It's hard because you have to throw, you throw like half of it away. Like if exactly. you just feeding it, that'd be different. But yeah. Um, I'm not into that. I don't even, I, honey, I don't even feed myself. Yeah, okay? if I'm being real. <laughs> come on, come on. Um, and hey, speaking of uh, nothing. Speaking of no, absolutely no, there's nothing. no transition here. Let's talk about our book today because this was a book, Kissing Kate by Lauren Miracle, her first novel, yeah. uh, released in like 2007. Uh, classic, you know, band band book um, that I had never read, but you you'd read this book before. Yeah, right? this was a book that my mom actually got for me at the library when I was maybe like <laughs> she 11. She was like, I which know is, something about you that you don't. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's like, I was rereading this book because obviously I knew what it was about, but I remember like reading it as a kid and being like, like, okay, the girls are kissing. This is absolutely wild. And then like now rereading it, I'm like, why else would my mom have gone to the library and got this? Right, she's like, books, given books it to for... Me. That's uh, so funny. Uh, tomboy daughter. Yeah, exactly. Like Books, books for, for Fuch, Fuch books daughter. Books for daughter wearing... But yeah, books for Fuch daughter wearing wearing backwards flat bill hat. Um, uh, wearing Cookie Monster hat. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I swear to God, she walked up to the library counter and was like, but showed them a picture of me on her Gen like, 1 oh, iPhone. Yeah. And they were like, we, ju- we just got something in <laughs> just for her. Like, no fucking problems. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, that was my main experience rereading this, which is like, oh, there's a reason my mom went and was like, huh, this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This this book was honestly, like, it it was so good. And here's the thing, and I know that we we every time we read a Lauren Miracle book, we sing her praises. And you can see traces of this book, I think, in the like 11, 12, 13 series, while it's not an explicitly gay relationship or, you know, th- but there's like definitely these like strong romantic bond feelings between uh, Winnie and Amanda in that book. Like it's a very similar thing where it's like, yeah, she like her, she really likes her friend and then her friend kind of like treats her on and off. Um, even though the friend really likes her too. Um, you can kind of see shades of, of, uh, that in, um, in those books, but, um, it, the thing about Lauren Miracle that is so amazing is that the way that she writes, it's like, what makes these books YA is, is the themes of it, not the writing style. Yeah. And I think that that's like kind of a very rare thing because it's like, this book is totally enjoyable as an adult, but these theme, the themes and the content is what's, what makes it YA, but her writing style, I mean, you know, age them up and this could be like, I don't know. I would love to read a book of she, I don't think she's written any books for adults, but if she had, I'd be so interested in reading it because her writing is just so, so good. Yeah. I, something I like about this book is that one, it really does feel, and not in a bad way, but it really does feel like a first novel and that it's yeah. like total artistic expression in a way that you don't really, uh, that I don't really associate with young adult novel, and that like it's very meandering. It's yeah, very and a publisher or an editor probably 
with a later novel would be like, no, cut this, cut this, cut this. Like, exactly. Like it's the kind of, or as you just, you know, as you develop as an author and you move through the business, it's the kind of right. thing, you know, maybe that you would become get, more efficient. Essentially, exactly. With your, yeah. With your but writing. This novel is very, I mean, so it connects well because like one of the through lines of the novel is that the, the character is, is experimenting with with lucid dreaming and thinking a lot about the messages in her dreams. And the novel is sort of like a dreamlike state in that it moves very fluidly. Mm-hmm. Um, back and forth. And- back and forth, time-wise. Things don't really attach cleanly to one another. Um, and it's just very, like, you can just feel so much of the author's, like, interest in these character-driven plots rather than you know like plot driven plots um you know in their early nascent phases here and it's it's just so it's so interesting in it but it was also like I remember you know obviously reading this as a kid and being sort of titillized titillated and tantalized (laughs) by this titillized um (laughs) wanting to get titillized um titillated and tantalized by the you know, the promise of the the plot, but also being like, what the fuck? Like, this book is so weird because of the way that it the moves. Lucid and a, yeah, the fluid. Yeah. That, the lucid dreaming was very much a, a precursor to, and I don't see as much on about it at TikTok anymore. I think it kind of hit its peak, sat, peak saturation, but uh, shifting. Oh. When teens were like, I'm actually going to a, the Harry Potter universe. I'm not yeah. just. I'm getting knocked you know, up by Sirius Black. Yeah, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant and had a baby in my Harry Potter universe, so it's yeah. very hard for me to come back to the right because the I'm real suffering world, from post postpartum uh, depression. Postpartum depression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, it's like one of those things. Where it's like, um, you know, and in this book, it's like she's like, "Oh, I am dreaming," but you know, these teens in uh, in the past couple of years have been like, "No, I'm actually." I'm going to a different universe. I'm not just dreaming. Yeah, like um, it can't just be, it can't, it just, can't just be. It can't just be my brain, like in like a meditative state, which is, don't get me wrong, very impressive. I'm like, that's cool as hell. However, you know, you are not transferring to another universe. You are, yeah, you are creating you're, something in your mind, which is cool. Which but, is cool. Which is honestly cooler because you're, you're inventing things. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's more creative. Right. And it's like, I guess the, the shifting thing that the thing about the shifting thing that always bothered me was the baseline assumption that, and you know, like whatever multiverse theory, everything exists somewhere. The mold, like, but that you were, you specifically in your body were like shifting back and forth. Like, no, it was not that it was the assumption that the Harry Potter universe like exists somewhere. Right. I could never, every universe exists. And it's it's like, like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. No. Like, a universe of magic people made up by, like, a crazy, hateful turf does not exist somewhere. I refuse to... And the fact that it exists, like, hundreds of times fold because everyone is going to their own own specific Harry Potter Right, they're not meeting up there, yeah. No, they're not meeting up in the Harry Potter universe because they all need their own Draco. Right, exactly. Or their own Lucius Malfoy. Right, or, like, uh, Sirius Black. Oh yeah, I couldn't remember his name for a minute. The um, it's just so funny to me, like because Nick and I, Nick and I have been replaying those Lego Harry Potter games, and like the the way that so many of those characters are just not fleshed out. I'm like, honey, there's nothing even there for you to shift to. Just right, a couple exactly. words on a words on a shitty turfy page, like 
they're like, who is this person? He's not getting you pregnant. He doesn't even have a job. None of these people have jobs. No, Why exactly. don't you shift to a universe and fucking serious? get something done for once? How about you be serious about your career <laughs> yeah. for a minute? Serious, more like We clown. get that you were like banished or dark cursed or whatever. Oh, I don't know, but. Who cares? Come on, come on, babe. Get a job. Uh, get a job. Um, yeah, so this book, it, Lissa is the main character, right? Yes. Um, okay, so she, the book starts out we basically know what happened is that her and her best friend, Kate, Kate kissed her when Kate was drunk and yeah. Lisa wasn't. And then Kate is now like, let's just kind of forget about it. Like, let's yes. not even talk about it. Um, and so the book moves along and like, it's basically, it starts off that her and Kate are like not talking because of what happened. And she's, she's very depressed. And what, one thing I really liked about it is like, she, very quickly admits to herself that, like, yes, I have feelings for this yes. girl, but what does yeah. this mean? Right. Um, and then we see from Kate's perspective, when Kate talks to Lissa of, like, you know, Kate had Kate is interested in it, too, and she had been like, oh, well, what's, like, um, you know, the physical side of being with a girl? Like, right, say stuff exactly. Like that at sleepovers. Yeah. I mean, but, like, I know I'm not gay, but I know I'm not it gay, must be but, so hot. <laughs> yeah, be it must be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we see that happen. And then basically at the climax of the book, when, when um, Lissa is basically like, listen, like, I know like you, she's like, I'm just being real with you. Like she goes on this date and, and she's like, you know, I didn't want to kiss him. And she's like, if there's anyone I would want to kiss, it would be you like very open. And yes. being like, you know, this isn't like, you know, I really like you. Like, we don't have to like, not talk about this. Like, I don't want to not talk about it. Right. Um, and then Kate is basically like, also into it but it's like i can't do this because of the associations with it which is which is fair yeah i think to be in a teen and it's like that's complicated but what i really liked about it too was like it was about her own her own self-discovery with it exactly um and it really didn't i don't know i was reading about um i think it was it's called like loving annie or something like that it's or I don't know. It's a. It was a book that Kiss came out. Kissing Kate, loving Annie, Kissing, getting down with Dominique, Adoring Annie. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it it was interesting because this was this book that came out kind of a precursor to this. Like I think in the late eighties, early nineties, and the author was basically like, "Well, I never read any books about gay teens, um, especially because this started around the kind of the AIDS epidemic." Yeah. That didn't end. It would end with like a teen getting in a car crash. Like right. he would always die. <laughs> I was um, gay, but then I got in a car crash. Car crash, and now I'm yeah. now I'm I'm not going to be gay anymore. Right. So the fact that that book that came out was just about these two girls, like one of them remembering from college, like you know how these girls like were together and then like parted ways and like was like very like genuine. Like is that's something that this book has too, where it's like she has this complicated relationship with this girl, but it's, she, she still comes out of it like being gay. Right. And I feel like a lot yeah. of times in these books, it would be like, kind of like, well, I learned my lesson. Like, right. You know, even if it was trying to be sympathetic to the gay experience, it would ultimately be like, uh, I mean, we remember with like, go ask Alice. It was like, oh yeah, being gay is like what happens when you're on drugs, like drugs, exactly. drugs make you gay. Right. Right. Um, phone, and then now phone, phone make you gay. Phone make you gay. Yeah. Drug make you gay. Um, yeah. I don't know. It was just, it's a very, it, it made me cry. Like yeah. this, this book made me cry. Duff made me cry. We've been, we've been having some like heavy hitters recently, I think. Yes. Um, 
And I, this I book did, made me cry too. Duff yeah. didn't make me cry. No, um, yeah. The the part of Duff that made me cry was like when it was like, oh, your fr- your friends always like everyone thinks they're the Duff. Your friends always think you're beautiful. And I was right, like, that was like, not true ah, for me in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this book is so so good. This yeah. book is so good. It has it does not have any right to be as good as it is. That scene where that we just referenced where there it's like. You know, so the book, like we said, it, it exists in this sort of dream state and it flashes back and forth between different mm-hmm. timelines. But, you know, the word flashes is strong because it sort of just moves fluidly through these different memories. Yeah. And um, the scene where it's before they've kissed, but, you know, because they're best friends, they're having a sleepover. They're both in these twin beds. It says it's so dark in the room. They can't see each other. They can only hear each other's voices. And they're talking about what it must be like to kiss another girl or to be gay that is a it's like one, a classic experience yeah. yes it is a and it is masterfully rendered like it is like so well done it's one of the I feel like one of the best scenes in a book that we've read for the podcast mm-hmm. um because it's just so like the way the characters are talking is so real but also so um so specific and so well done. I don't know. It's so, it's just so good. Yeah. And I really, and and the book, you know, and not to be this way, but the book really does beg the question, Lauren Miracle Gay? That's, that is what I was wondering too, because I'm like, girl, you wrote this so perfectly. Even though you're like the most empathetic, I'm like, this is your first book, honey. Yeah, exactly. She had something to say with this one. Yeah. And it it is interesting because like 2007, like, you know, I do feel like as a child, like I knew about gay men and that's just because yeah. I had gay men in my life. Um, and but, also men yeah. are, um, you know, everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. But did I know about like bisexuality? Not necessarily. And I feel no. like it could be a thing where she's, I, what it, What was interesting about this book too, is that there's not, it's, it, it could go many ways. All they know is that they, she she is figuring out that she like likes women. Yes. Um. So certainly this could. I think that this probably could have been the experience of like a, a bisexual woman who like this was just her sexual awakening is. Yeah. You know, and I know Lauren Miracle is I think married married to a man, but I do. Yeah. Lauren Miracle, come on the pod. We'll ask you if you're. If yeah. You're exactly. Gay. Come on I the mean, pod. We just want to ask you if you're gay. Come on. Yeah. We're not going to ask you any hard questions. Just yeah. If you're just gay. if you're come gay on. or not. Yeah. Well, and I get. I mean, it. She. This. I think the main character is is probably a lesbian and it like it it will there is a little room for interpretation but basically in her mind she's like well I'm you know it's interesting because we see and I think this is a typical experience with more like compulsive I guess heterosexuality is like her little sister's like best friend like says something about like call someone like a lesbo or something and she's like a few months ago I would have like defended that and been like not not defended her saying it but being like no don't you don't talk about people that way. Like that's like rude, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But now she was like, I feel embarrassed for even like having heard that because it yes. applies. I feel like it, it applies talks to on me. me. Right. And, and that's something too of like, and she's like, and it, of course it's fine for other people to be gay, but for me, like right. that's different. And it's like, yeah. I felt like this was a very realistic when you are not surrounded by a world in which this is commonplace. Yeah. Like, you know, what are you, how how do you square that circle of being like, like it is hard to come to that identity in the first place because a lot of times it's not, it's not given to you as, as an option at all. 
And then yeah. once it is, it's like, oh my gosh, there's all this baggage basically that you have to come with it around. Right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about how this was the one thing where I like when I got to the page that said this, I was like, did I miss something? Like I was like flipping back and forth being the like kidnapping the or the plane crash. The fact that the parents, parents died, died in the in plane, plane crash. crash. The parents yeah. died. I was like, what? That is the most like. <laughs> that make me gay too. If my parents yeah. died in the plane crash. Um, <laughs> to me, that's the most like first novel thing in the entire world. And also well, very like, early when had a, 2000s. When had a car accident. Yeah, I, I very just felt like early it was 2000s. so much more dramatic of like. Yes. I don't know. There was also like a an interesting part where they were talking about like they go to the art museum. They're talking about Icarus and like him crashing into the ground. But like that's not that's more that's like her thinking about that with like Kate of like, oh, no, we flew too close to the sun. But I'm like, also, maybe Kate shouldn't say anything about this because your parents did died. Yeah, ground. your parents like, flew and then crashed into the ground quite yeah. literally. I mean, yeah. like, that's crazy. And also like. I mean, I don't know if this is true, but if if Malaysian and uh, Tom uh, uh, Erica, Girardi, yeah. yeah, if Tom Girardi has anything to to say about this and the money he's stealing, like her uncle, that's it's like they'd be making bank. Like her uncle would not right. have to have his job. I'm pretty sure if your plane crashes, you get a lot of money from from the airlines. Um, in, in some cases, yeah, if they were I don't really know. Seven thirty seven. Then yes, they. I feel like they got a little bit of money. For sure, but I think that it's anytime we think about something like that, like a giant litigation matter with like multiple plaintiffs, because then you're talking about, you know, the families of everybody on that plane. Like, you're not getting that check until 20 years after that plane's hit the ground. Yeah, that'll like, be like a college check. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you'll maybe get that by the time you have kids. Yeah. Um, if my but, parents died in a plane crash, though, I would be talking about that every single day of my life. It would not be like a, a, a throwaway line. No, I was like, it was such a throwaway line. It was like, Uncle Jerry moved in after my parents died in that plane crash. And I was like, did I, is she joking? I was like, I was like, is like, is Uncle Jerry staying for the weekend and she has a dark sense of humor? I was like, that is just, that was the one thing where I was like, this is so like, I wrote this novel when I was 24, like being like, and then the parents died in a plane crash even. And it's like, I can't, like, that was just it's too like, much. It was distracting. Yeah. You, you have to, you have to talk about that a little more because it's she like, needs yeah. to be like, yeah, you need to describe the situations that led to the plane crash. But that's the thing. That's why I'm like, it's so early 2000 because I feel like not, people were so oh, 9-11. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, 9-11 had traumatized the soul of the nation. And I think that people legitimately thought that plane crashes were like one of the top causes of death. Like it was like, yeah, you know, mom and dad are going on a plane together. Like, Anything could happen. Anything could happen. They will die. Yeah, right. I, exactly. Also, there is something that they talk about too, where it's like, and this was uh, speaking of um, Pretty Little Liars Original Sin, what happened to Mouse or whatever, Mini um, Mini Mouse I don't or whatever. Remember. Well, that a man like tries to kidnap her, and I think it ends up being her dad, maybe. But like a oh. man like runs off with her, and this happens in this book too, which I was like, "Whoa!" Like, and there then there was like this whole scene at the end, which I don't know if I totally got this of like she like had all these dreams where she was like, "Okay, like I'm going to like this man is kidnapping me, and something's behind me, and I I can't look at it." And then at the very end, she's like talking to her friend, and she's like, "Yeah, like when I looked behind myself, it was like it was just me." And I guess that's, well, I guess actually now that I'm saying that I get it out loud, it's like she was scared of of herself and like, yeah. you know, discovering herself. And 
there is also, let's talk about too, like, because you can really see how this sets up a lot of different parts of Lauren Miracle's work because she, there's talking, like she goes to get her little sister a bra, like that's yes. much 11. Oh, I cried during that part. Yeah. Oh. Because the the parents died in the plane crash, and so she takes her sister to go get a bra, even though she herself is embarrassed about wearing a bra. Yeah, it was it was was sweet, so sweet. And she tells the sales lady to leave them alone, and they have this little moment. Yeah, she's like, "Get out of my face! We're in the junior section of Macy's." So cute. Yeah, it it was it was sweet. I mean, it's uh, the other thing that happens that I think sets up for her body of work is like she has this girl who's, like, very annoying, like, from school. Dina like, works at this catering. Yeah, which, okay, we also have to talk about, it was very Dina Pilled. We have to talk about, too, maybe before we get into that, of, like, where she works, because she works at a place called Entrees Entrees, which is essentially a, a ghost kitchen, I think, yes. basically. Yeah. Because it's, like, a catering. But when you, when, uh, that was confusing to me, and I'm, like, maybe this is, like, more, like, Southern terminology, because I'm, like, when you say catering, to me, that's, like, an event. You're not just, like, ordering an individual entree. But what this okay, woman that did, was a thing in the early two thousands, was it? And they would yes. call that catering. Okay. Yes, because think about it. This was before, like Uber Eats or anything. Exactly. So yeah. if you wanted takeout that wasn't Chinese or pizza, you were kind of sol. Yeah. But like, so there were these companies. This was a very early two thousands business thing where it was like it was like a meal service essentially where you could like like on your way home from work, stop and get, like, a family-sized, you know, like, chicken piccata or something. Right. Like, yeah. normal food, but, like, you haven't cooked it yourself. That's really interesting. Yeah. I was, because then she's like, oh, I want to use my own recipe. So I'm like, she's not, she's still using, like, restaurant recipes and, like, restaurant. Like, it is very, like, ghost kitchen-esque. Right, yeah. In the way she's doing it. So that was, that makes more sense because I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like, it was before that time of, you know, because they're, like, driving around in this van and delivering them, like. Yeah. It seems like people are also, like, placing these orders way ahead, but, like, for dinner that night, like. Yes, um, yeah. Very interesting. But, so she works at this place and then. This other girl starts working there, Kimberly slash Ariel, because her name is Kimberly, but she's like, my spiritual name is Ariel. Yeah. Um, and this was very much too, like, something that Lauren Miracle does very well of, like, as a teen, I don't know, you're mean to people a lot. Yeah, you're, you're mean, and she's like, this girl's weird, I'm mean to her. But even the though, classic like, she herself thing is weird. Like, as a teen that you do is you become gay, and then you become friends with the weird girl. Exactly. And so You guys she, need each other then. She's yeah, your th- ally. That's, like, a very cute a nice, like, friendship development that they have of, like, her learning to be, like, oh, okay, like, I don't have to be, like, worried about my association with this girl, like, rubbing off. Because, like, that's the thing is, like, she's, like, oh, this girl is um, annoying. Yeah. Like, and everyone else is going to think I'm annoying if I hang and out And this with her. is how you know she's annoying is she wears flu vlog shoes. As soon as that, I was, like, oh, my God, that detail is so good. Was that Do the you know- angel thing? The angels on the soles of the shoes. Yeah, like Flu Vlog. They have that store, or at least I don't think they do anymore. I think it might be gone. But they had their flagship store on Milwaukee mm-hmm. in, like, the, the horrible Wicker. part of Wicker Park. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, one of the, like, you walk past and, like, all the shoes look like Dr. Seuss. They're from, like, Are Norway. They no, they're horrible. Oh, my Like, gosh. it's, like, it's, like, what, and, and once again, I know we have a lot of, librarians who listen to this so I say this with love and I just know that if you listen to this podcast I'm not talking about you it's like what the like the teen librarian wears you know what I mean like 
when you go to the library and like the teen and like maybe they're having a special event and the teen librarian is wearing like lace up heels and you're yeah. like queen. You're like, something's happening here. Queen. I just like the idea that there were little <laughs> angels on the sole of it. I was like, that sounds kind of cute to me. Like oh leaving like a fun imprint in the snow. But yeah, you can tell she's weird. And then she also keeps like changing her hair color. Um, and this girl's thing too is like she, I don't know, like it's very interesting too because it's like she's also going through her her own identity development um, and like like lying about like her dreams and stuff and being like, can yeah. you tell me about this, blah, blah, blah. But basically the how she and this girl become friends is that the the woman who owns the catering business, um, they uh, she gets broken up with by her boyfriend. And so this girl, Ariel, is like, well, let's take her out on the town. And because this girl isn't with Kate anymore, she's like, I have nothing else to do. Yeah. And that's something also like very Lord Miracle of like, oh, like my actual, my best friend, the person I really like is like kind of abandoning me. So I'll be friends with this other person. With this weird girl who actually yeah. turns out. Not she's that really nice. Yeah, she's very nice. Um, Who cares if she's weird? Yeah, um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. Like I that that whole like it, this book was just good too because it had like a lot of subplots. Like it wasn't like yeah. her whole life is about about this girl and and being gay. It's like yeah, she's living her normal life, and I feel like in that way it it very much like was probably helpful for a lot of um, maybe straight teens to read and being like, okay, like this, uh, this is, this doesn't make this person like that much different from me. It's just like a different sexual preference. Yeah. Um, And I also like the fact that it wasn't like something about like, I think you would see with Kate's family, like they seem a little more like uppity, like waspy, like they would be the ones who care about it. But like her uncle and even this like kind of mother figure who like runs the catering company, like are very much like, Oh, you haven't been talking to Kate. Like, love who you love. Like that's that right. was sweet too of like her. Yeah. They're all like, we, we can see this much like your mom buying you or yeah. getting the copy of kissing Kate out from the library. Yeah. The, uh, uncles always know. Yeah. Your yeah, uncle. exactly. I also liked when, when they are having their, um, their kissing scene, it wasn't just like, Oh, she like kissed me once. And like, yeah. I'm thinking about it. It was like, no, they like make out. And yeah, the, the girl hot. Kate makes, makes a, a move on her. Right. Um, I don't know. It just, everything felt like very like realistic. And yes. Like, also the fact that like, you know, I'm sure like, especially, I mean, I'm, it's probably still not easy to be like an out teen now, but like, especially probably in the two thousands, like oh, that no. was definitely very like in high school, that would be very yeah. hard. And it was no, like, there's I an imagine. interesting line. It was like, Oh, if the girls are hot, like they would get like, objectified for it right but if they were you know boys Normal. didn't think they were hot yeah they would get called like uh like the d word right like right and that's what the, her friend ends up calling her is like i'm not like you i'm not like that like yeah even though she is and she's projecting she is and she she's the one who started the whole thing and she's the one who was like laying there being like it would be so hot we, to be gay but yeah. i'm not <laughs> like, but i'm not but i know i'm not gay but what if we just did what if we just yeah but what it? if we just did because it would be hot um yeah yeah, so good. I I really sorry, I'm having I'm having crazy morning brain. I I really think that it it works so well and I think that too it's like like I said earlier, it really is that character focus that like becomes so special about Learn Miracles later books. Um that is so interesting in this. Like it's really yeah. 
like interesting to see her first round of working on that and what she chooses to focus on I think is so telling which is this you know big but small moments big internal moments for a teen that you know are not dramatic to anybody outside of the teens you know immediate circle yeah and I think we also get uh, at the end like her new friend like takes her to um you know, this, her cousin is gay and like she meets her cousin and her girlfriend. And like, that was good too. Cause it's like, okay, here, and now you're seeing an adult example of gayness, like that can, you know, be used in this way. And I also think it was like, you know, a lot of teen books, like, like obviously there is like a high level of infatuation and hormones that go on, but it's like this book I think was pretty like, their, their relationship, her and Kate's relationship and the reasons why they fell for each other, like was like very, because it, it it is different being in, in that space than in a space when, you know, you are kind of with a guy, like you've already kind of internalized all these things. Like right. it's, it's new territory basically. Yeah. And so it did a good job of being like, well, no, I, we're just best friends. And like, I want to kiss right. her. And it's like, that yeah. doesn't mean anything. It's like, well, that, that does mean something, but you're not. And this is why I think a lot of women don't realize they're, you know, like me, like, you know, uh, queer until later in life is because there's no, there's no framework for it. And because it's like, you write off those feelings of like, well, this is just how I, like what I think my friend's really hot and I want to kiss her. And I yeah. you know, really, I get nervous around her. It's like, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Even though of course it does, but you're told it, you're told it doesn't mean anything. Right. Right. I think that, um, I don't know. I would really like to see this as a like a mini series yes like this would make such a good like netflix mini series or something like that because i just feel like it's so pronounced how you know there is so much more of a framework for what gayness looks like for young men rather than young women Mm -hmm. and you know not to be like all representation matters obviously it does but like you know it's interesting how there are so many coming out narratives for young men that look a certain way. And like, there's really not an equivalency, at least in volume for young women. And this is one of those things where it's so subtle. It's so, um, you know, un. it's dramatic in the right ways, not in the wrong ways. You know, it's dramatic because it feels so, it feels so life or death to the teen, but, you know, the, the outside circumstances acknowledge the fact that, you know, it's not life or death, like, that, right. like, it's going to be okay. Which um, is good because that is something you do need that hope and, like, right. you know, it's when you talk about, like, um, I don't know, like, also, like, obviously, like, these these girls are written as as white, but then you talk about, like, the trope of, like, you know, killing off, like, the black lesbian first, right? Like, it's, like, these relationships... Um, you know, to an extent with, with, uh, showing like white, you know, queer women, but also like definitely with like non-white queer women is like always taking it to the next level and making it so dramatized. Right. And I think there is space for those types of narratives just because there's always going to be like, you know, we have a craving for like dramatic things to happen, but like totally the the idea that like there was nothing traumatic necessarily that happened in this book was very refreshing. It's just like, this is like a normal teen thing. It's not like she, like it's not like she dies in a plane crash. Right. Exactly. Only her parents do. It's not even a big deal. It's not even a big deal. (laughs) The plane crash of it all is very funny. It's like so much of this book does not present as like 
baby's first novel, but then it's like, yeah, and you know, we live with my uncle because, you know, of course my parents died in a plane crash. Like, why both of them? Why both of them? Well, I mean, well, you know, actually, okay, I guess that is because it also is yeah. queering the family structure. <laughs> yeah, honey. Um, but like she, like, there are points where she's like, she doesn't really talk about her dad, but she talks about her mom a lot. And like, I wonder what my mom would think of this. Could I talk to my mom about it? Yeah. So, you know, missing also that, that type of, you know, female to female relationship. Yeah. Um, definitely. It's kind of an interesting side plot there. Um, yeah. Okay. We need to talk about the, "Quote unquote joke that the dad's girlfriend tells. Do you know what I'm talking about here? The Jerry's girlfriend tells. Yeah, Jerry's. Oh yeah, that the uncle's girlfriend tells that she comes to dinner and like tells a story about her cat getting stuck, and it's like a fake story. But she tells this horrible story about she that her cat got locked in the freezer. Yes, and then that the cat yeah. freezes, and then she has to give it gasoline, and then the punchline is like he stopped moving, and she's like he ran out of gas. I'm like, if anyone told me this, I'd be like, I'm never talking to you again. Like, you yeah, told I'd be me like, you are weird about your real cat getting frozen yeah. it just made yeah. me sad i was like well what if cookie got in the freezer and cookie froze i wouldn't like that cookie's not how the fuck is cookie gonna get in the freezer yeah that's a good point uh i don't know maybe if i put if i put cookie in the freezer yeah i was gonna say i was like the only way cookie's getting in the freezer is if you or meg puts her there right which um, you know yeah, it could happen. Maybe she's being awful annoying one day. <laughs> she um, has been like, and this is good for her, but like she, we, I think we have like a good dose with her like doggy anxiety meds because as you all know, she was a puppy mill mama. So she has like a lot of trauma and yeah, but so now she's like happier for sure. And she's acting more like a real dog, but that also means she's like barking at us. She's like, take me out. Like she's like become such yeah, a Yeah, she's gotten very um, demanding. She she like totally is. Like she's yeah. barking at us and like being like, like yeah. whining at us and stuff. That's it, like, it means she's happy, but. It's it's because she's like, oh, I'm the baby. And like, right. she's these are mommies. Like now she has like the, the only child mindset. Like my parents' dogs, because, you know, my parents are empty nesting and they have three dogs now and the dogs are baby. Like, my mom literally puts toys around the house at a certain hour of the night so that they can have their enrichment time. Oh, my God. Like, it's literally so crazy. The dogs are so bratty. They literally... My parents came to stay with us two weekends ago for um, Orthodox Easter with our uh, with their dogs. And the dogs literally will, like... We took one of the dogs to sleep in our room because our guest bedroom's really tiny. Yeah. And I just didn't want to make my parents, like, have all three dogs in there. Right. And in the middle of the night, the dogs always do this thing. And they do it in my parents' house. And obviously, like, my parents' house, you know, is conducive to this. Where if me and Nick are staying there or, like, if my sister is staying there, the dogs all swap rooms in the middle of the night. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Like, they want (laughs) to, like... (laughs) <laughs> at like 3 a.m the dogs that are with my parents want to come be with like me and nick or my sister and her partner and uh the dogs who are with you know whoever's sleeping upstairs want to go down and get with my parents and they always do this and it's like one of those things where it's like whatever but the when we were at my apartment the dogs like wanted to do it and it's just like you know we have all the doors closed it's like this thing so like the dog that was in our bed, got up in the middle of the was night. Was it the puppy? No, the puppy was in his crate. So, yeah. like, he was he out was in of his commission. Cradle. Yeah, he was, you know, doing baby things. 
the dogs, like the big dog Manny got up in the middle of the night, was like moving all around the bed because he was like, you know, it's time for me to like do my swap or to like, you know, have some other sort of enrichment activity. Right. Um, So I got up out of the bed to be like, okay, I'm going to just take him down to my parents' room. And uh, as soon as I got up out of the bed, he literally pulls him because he's obsessed with Nick. He pulls himself around Nick and spoons Nick, literally spoons Nick in the bed, like taking my spot. And I was like, okay, bitch, like you're out of here. So I literally pick him up, this giant fucking dog. He's like 40 pounds. Okay. Um, I pick him up, like put him over my shoulder because he's also baby. Like he loves to be babied. Take him to my parents' room, throw him on the bed. You know, all of the dogs, as soon as I open the door to my parents' room, start barking. We are not supposed to have dogs in our apartment, and our walls are super thin. So I know, like, all of this dog howling in the middle of the night is waking my neighbors up, and they're getting really annoyed. So I'm like, shut the fuck up. And then I go back in bed, no dogs. And then our my parents' tiny little dog, Gertie, who's, like, you know, baby, like, like, mean, tiny little mutt. She's, like, a chawini. She comes, and she click, 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 walks down the hallway. And she does the thing that she does. I don't know how she knew it was Nick and I's room. She had to smell us in there, but she did the same thing she does at my parents' house in the middle of the night when she wants to swap rooms, which is literally she knocks on the door. She goes, and then like waits a minute and then goes on the door. And I was like, how the fuck? Like, bitch, you are in my house. Like you have no fucking manners. You come to my door at 3 a.m. and go, in the middle of the night. It's so funny. Like, the dogs are so, like, they get whatever they want when they want it, and they are so okay asking for it that they will literally knock on the door until you come answer it. And I'm like, how the fuck you've never been here before? How do you know this is my room? Yeah, that's the thing is, like, because we we also were able, like, the other day to, like, teach Cookie to sit, and we taught her to sit in, like... Yeah, you sent me a video of that. Yeah, and it was, it's crazy. I mean, she's still, like, when we're like sit, like it takes her a minute to be like, okay, I, this is what I do now. But before, like she was like too scared to basically. But then it's like one of those things, like wait a minute, you're smart. Yeah, like you're smart, and so I feel like you're just willfully not doing things that we ask or like. That's the thing yeah. with small dogs. Like in my experience, you know, because my parents have had many big dogs, many s- small dogs. Mm-hmm. The big dogs always are way easier to train, right? Because they're a little bit dumber, like their brains to body ratio is a little bit, like they're like, oh, I sit, like this is how I sit. The small dogs, like the wiener dogs we've had, and like the little mutt, like are very, very, like all of a sudden, like you get a treat out and they become so good at like sitting and like doing their thing and like not doing bad things. But like, it's like, wait, you knew how to do this all along. Right. Yeah, and it's, like, you just are, we're choosing not to do this. Right, exactly. Cookie, too, like, it's, like, she knows that, like, she annoys us when she gets up at, like, 6 a.m. and, like, sits on Meg's head and, like, paws at her so that Meg will get up and, like, give her a breakfast. And it's one of those things that's, like, we don't want to give in and give her her breakfast or give her her dinner early. But she gets so persistent about it and is so annoying that it's, like, it's just easier, like, to give her what she wants than it is to, like— Keep being like, right. no, like, you know, exactly. don't call me, don't bark yes. at me. Like, so she ready. comes to Meg when she wants stuff? Yeah, because, well, in the morning, because Meg uh, Meg walks her and feeds her in the morning, and I, oh, and I so walk she her knows. at night. 
Yeah, that's really so funny. She she knows that it's it's Meg's uh, duty. So that's really funny. She, She's she comes like, to like, well, even when I'm up, like when I'm up, like it's like, oh, like I'm going to like a doctor's appointment or you know, recording the podcast, like she'll look at me and then she'll still like be like, uh, no, I need to get Meg up because I need her yeah. to suffer. <laughs> She's like, other mom. Yeah, exactly. The whole fam needs to be up. Like, yeah. I don't feel comfortable with anybody staying in bed. No, That's exactly. So funny. Oh, hilarious. I don't even remember what what got us on the dog topic kids being bad oh the yeah. the the cat in the freezer that's what the it cat was. in the freezer yes yeah. i'm sure you know that to me read like a some an anecdote somebody had told her in real life right like somebody trying to be funny had either said that or said that to a friend of hers and she was like this has to go in the book well that also kind of sets it up for wasn't that her story in that let it snow that was about the like pig oh jesus i I, that book entered and exited my head yeah. so fast. I never need to think about that book ever again. But she always has like some like little like animal things happening in her, in her books yeah. too. Yes. And I also, I mean, I have honestly really liked that all of her books are are pretty much set in Georgia and in Atlanta yeah. specifically. It's just like a nice, I don't know. Like, it's I comforting. Feel, yeah, it's comforting because I feel like yeah. I like recognize like things she talks about, like the Peach Tree Mall or whatever. Yes, like, all and these the things. the highways I eighty five. Yeah, um, little in the five ways. points. Yeah, yes, exactly. It always takes me back to. Um, it takes me back to the whatever Winnie Years book it is when everybody gets stuck at school because it snows and they're not used to any snow on the roads in Atlanta you know, because it's in the South. It always reminds me of that sequence and how fun that sequence was to read as a child, just because you're like, oh, living in a place where it doesn't snow, what must that be like? Yeah, what's Not having the constant, the constant specter of a snow day hanging above one's head. (laughs) Um, The anticipation. The anticipation. Going to snowdaycalculator.com. Exactly. Oh my God, snowdaycalculator.com. I, now it's like, I chose not to believe it when it was like 0% chance. Oh, like, 100%. Oh, no, I think I think I'd be like, wrong. no, I think this is pretty real. I slept with the spoon under my pillow. I flushed an ice cube. I yeah. slept with my pajamas inside out and backwards. I feel like now, though, kids don't have like the beauty of a snow day. No, they probably just have to remote remote. They work. have to be online. I remember like my junior year of high school, maybe we had so many snow days that they made us start to have online days and everybody was like, this is so fucking miserable. And like teachers yeah. would refuse to comply with it. They're like, why would I like make kids do work from home? Like that yeah. means that I have to do work from home. Yeah. I would get in, in college when we would have like a snow day. I mean, we would have yeah. to do online courses, but that's, I do feel like probably we just started in our college to enter that like hybrid model of, of classes. Cause I did right. like hybrid classes and online classes. And I feel like that was like not as much of a thing before kind of our freshman sophomore year. Yeah, that's about it for this book. I would recommend reading it. I thought it was super, super good. I uh, will be giving it, you know, if I sense vibes coming off of my daughter, I will be going to the library and picking it up toot sweet. Yes. Um, It's also one of those books that's totally timeless. Like, there's not weird technology moments or anything like that. Um, It makes a lot of sense to, like, it's... Very, it could take place in any time. It's not like reading, sometimes you read a Judy Bloom book and you're like, um, you know, 
why are they like churning butter or something like right. that? You're yeah. Like this doesn't make any sense. Why um, do these maxi pads like have like a exactly belt attached to them? Right. Like, why is she having to wear a full pair of like assless chaps to keep the maxi right. pad up? This is just too distracting. Um, this is simply I can't I cannot go on reading this because of the the maxi pad situation. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we are girls like us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at girls like us show. You can follow our Patreon. We watched the Duff movie and we watched um one of the first movies we ever saw in theaters together, Nerve. Mm-hmm. Um this month so keep an eye out for those on our patreon patreon.com slash girls like us show you can find our frolic sorority sisters at frolic.media slash podcast and as always our lovely producer is camden stacy and our theme music is by the wickedly talented one and only leggy have a great day everybody Bye. Bye.